live from the Illinois State Fair. It is Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, we're seeing, of course, uh, the Carnival Midway here. Little overcast skies at the moment here from the fairgrounds. And you can see, uh, if you're following along live, a little breezy, uh, somewhat chilly, actually. It's like 62 degrees out here. Feels great. Uh, but uh, we're looking at very mild temperatures for the rest of the uh, the week. Uh, possibility of some rain here and there. Uh, it looks like there could be some rain possible today. Uh, we'll keep you posted on all of that. Uh, but uh, let's let's get the latest on what's going on with the COVID-19 situation. Uh, as you've got a couple of different things that are taking place here, uh, including kids getting ready to go back to school. In some instances, uh, at least in, I think, Chatham schools, they're getting back into school this week. With Springfield schools getting back into school, next week uh, and school districts across the state lining kids up to get them back into school. Uh, So there were some questions about what exactly is going to take place with COVID-19 mitigations. Uh, And in particular, are we going to see kids being excluded from class for being close contacts? Uh, Or what about the the vaccine uh, mandate on teachers? Uh, With the CDC last week relaxing a lot of the guidance, uh, essentially showing that, uh, you know, they're not going to necessarily require kids to stay home if uh, they are considered a close contact. They may have to wear a mask, uh, but we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, But one other thing that happened on Friday was that large lawsuit against the governor and 145 school districts that uh, attorney Tom DeVore filed. Uh, That, if you recall, uh, was filed in November of last year. Uh, In February, Sangamon County Court Judge uh, Raylene Brichot, she uh, she issued a temporary restraining order blocking the governor and schools from implementing uh, the, the COVID mitigation efforts. And then uh, you had uh, the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, uh, a legislative body at the State House, uh, suspend the governor's emergency rules. And I've got papers flying all over the place here. Uh, as, a, as the wind seems to pick up just ever so slightly, might have to uh, get some some counterweights here. Uh, but um, uh, so JCAR, uh, this this legislative body, they uh, suspended the governor's COVID nineteen rules, and uh, then the governor appealed the lower court's ruling. It got to the Illinois Supreme Court, and because JCAR had suspended things, the court said it's moot. So they kicked the case back down to the lower court. Uh, And again, this dealt with mask mandates and uh, exclusion policies for kids who are considered close contacts. Uh, And that case was heard last week back in Sangamon County Court where uh, there were motions to dismiss. And all of these different motions coming from uh, 100 plus schools and even the Pritzker administration. Uh, And then Friday, you had the judge uh, dismiss the case for 110 school districts, but there's still about 45, uh, rather 35 school districts uh, that are still part of the case. And that's something that Attorney Omdiver says that he is going to continue to pursue. Uh, So we've got now this this, uh, interesting uh, dilemma of uh, that case continuing to a degree. We'll see how that plays out. But a lot of the school districts were let off the hook because they're saying they're not going to be having mask mandates because there are no mask mandates. Uh, and the governor, again, earlier this year, after the CDC relaxed guidance, after uh, the, the courts uh, refused to hear his case, uh, they, they, they lifted the mandates. Uh, but with the CDC now having different uh, uh, guidance in place, uh, that, that was issued by the governor.
Open Friday, uh, a series of questions, what he's going to do uh, about uh, the, the mitigations uh, for, for schools, in particular, uh, you know, the vaccine mandate on teachers or the, the requirement that they have to test regularly. Because one of the things that the CDC did was they said, no longer do you have to test regularly. You don't have to test asymptomatic people. So it's going to be interesting to see how exactly that unfolds for teachers in schools. Uh, but I asked the governor, are you going to relax the uh, the mitigations? He has since done that through his Department of Public Health and the Illinois State Board of Education. Uh, so the, uh, the, the guidance reflects what the CDC guidance is. But I also asked him about the perpetual uh, COVID-19 disaster proclamations that are uh, uh, continuing to take place. Uh, and then I got reaction from a pretty vocal critic of the uh, continued COVID-19 disaster proclamations, uh, WirePoint's President Ted Dabrowski. Uh, so we'll hear the governor question, the governor again, and then uh, Dabrowski uh, reacting to what the governor had to say. And again, this was on Friday uh, outside the Illinois Department of Transportation at a separate news conference. And I'll have uh, Kyle back at the uh, studio. Go ahead and uh, fire that off. We're going to be adopting the CDC's uh, guidance. Uh, we're going, uh, we're going through it today. It today. You know, there are obviously, obviously a lot of components of it. It, it wasn't just about schools. schools. Um, and, um, so and so we'll, we'll be making an announcement about that as soon as we can. But we want to align with the CDC. I think they're doing good work on this. And we want to make sure our schools, of course, are open as they have been, by the way, for the last two years. I think you keep focusing on the wrong thing. The fact is that those disaster declarations have, among them, a number of provisions. Uh, that, are uh, that our executive orders, they've been ratcheted down. down. In fact, in fact, we're all the way all down, way down to, to very bare minimum, uh, and, uh, and we are, we are concurrent with the federal disaster proclamation, which is still in place. And so and we'll be leaving, leaving that in place to make sure that we're getting the maximum amount of federal funding for the state of Illinois. I want to remind you that Illinois historically has been a donor state to the rest of the country. We don't get back in Illinois the tax dollars that we send to Washington, D.C. We got to get those dollars back, and this is one of the ways that we can do that, but very importantly, this is about making sure that we're dealing with COVID-19, ratcheting all the way down, keeping people safe, because COVID-19 has not gone away. And those that come from the federal government are very helpful for us in order to combat that. 36 other states have dropped their emergency orders, so they are no longer at least relying on, on emergency orders and disaster proclamations to get money. And I, I really don't understand when all of our neighbors have stopped their declarations, when they've stopped uh, relying on federal money, why we continue, why does the Governor Pritzker continue to have his hand out to the federal government? Uh, we've already seen the, the disaster, that uh, inflation that has been created by all the federal spending. And so, you know, we're one of the states perpetuating that problem. Uh, you know, Governor Pritzker also can't have it both ways. He can't say he's done a great job of managing COVID and still have, uh, you know, his hands out asking for more money from the federal government. So, again, uh, you kind of hear um, the, the rationale for continuing the COVID-19 disaster uh, in the state of Illinois. And Illinois is one of about 14 states that has a continued disaster proclamation that started uh, in the spring of 2020. Here we are now in the summer of 2022, and uh, we're continuing the disaster proclamation month by month in order to capture more federal dollars. And when you look at the grand scheme of uh, how much federal money the state of Illinois has gotten across all sectors, it's upwards to $160 billion. 
this is money that went to you know the paycheck protection program a lot of private businesses getting those dollars you've got uh, the the billions of dollars that are going to k-12 through schools the billions of dollars that are going to higher education the billions of dollars that are going to practically every level of governments including here in the city of springfield we've gotten what, like $35 million, and a lot of that's going to be spent before the next couple of years here, uh, but that's money that the city of Springfield was not expecting. So that flood of money uh, really is what we're looking to, to capture uh, with the, the continued COVID-19 disaster proclamations in the state of Illinois, according to Governor J.B. Pritzker. Uh, he says that Illinois is a donor state, meaning that uh, we pay out a lot more in federal taxes than we give back in federal taxes. Is this the right way to go about doing that? Is this the, the proper way uh, to essentially allow for the governor to declare disaster proclamations uh, as a way to just capture money uh, when those disaster proclamations uh, are, are things that give him uh, sole authority to issue all kinds of different edicts. And we've talked about all of them from the past uh, two and a half years or so, uh, since April of uh, 2020, actually since March of 2020, when he told restaurants he couldn't uh, allow for people to go indoors to eat because of the COVID-19 situation. Uh, so uh, fascinating to hear these arguments this is obviously something that uh, we're, we're still going to have to contend with in the state of Illinois uh, with the ongoing disaster proclamations and the impacts of that. Uh, and speaking of all those federal dollars, one thing that we still don't have clarity on is how much of your tax dollars were spent on fraudulent unemployment benefits. Uh, and that's something else that the Pritzker administration really hasn't revealed. Uh, it's taken audits to try to get a sense of it, but even those audits uh, have indicated that uh, the record keeping is not where it should be to be able to show how much of your tax dollars were wasted on fraud. And you're still paying on debt from the unemployment system. So all of these things, uh, of course, are adding to uh, the, the tax burden for Illinoisans uh, and also adding to what some economists say is uh, inflating our currency by just pumping out all kinds of uh, tax dollars at the Federal Reserve. And it just adds on to a spreadsheet and keeps that printing press going. Uh, then you have also the uh, latest actions out of Congress with the uh, the what is it the inflation reduction act uh 700 plus billion dollars of spending on a variety of things from new renewable energy to uh medicaid and uh, a whole host of other uh spending priorities while they hire 80,000 new irs agents and uh go to do more tax collections uh so uh, a lot of different things at play here but uh, it's all impacting you the taxpayer and uh, your bottom line as you grapple with high inflation that we haven't seen in uh, 40 years. It is Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY. Springfield's News and Talk. Let's take a look at Springfield's pendable five-day forecast with a high of lower 80s today. And uh, it looks like it's going to be an absolutely gorgeous week for the rest of the week. Uh, with uh, Overnight tonight, the chance of showers with a low of uh, around 60. Uh, degrees. And then tomorrow we do have a chance of showers with a high up to 76. But by 
Friday, the high of 83. Sunny skies Friday, the high of 84. Right now, 66 degrees, overcast skies here at the Illinois State Fair. We're broadcasting live for Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. It's time to apply at Culver's West on Wabash. We're hiring all positions, and did we mention free food? Only at